Good morning and welcome to Autism Live. I'm Shannon Penrod. We're coming to you live uh, from our new studio in Woodland Hills. We're thrilled to be here. I'm thrilled to be here. I'm especially thrilled to be here. I still have a little bit of a cough, but um, every day I'm feeling better and more like myself. And, you know, it's that thing where, we're, you know, because I had COVID for those of you who missed it. And um, it's that thing when you realize, boy, health is everything. It, everything gets in sharp focus and you go, oh, yes, no, I want to have this forever. Health. Yes. Um, and every day I feel a little bit more like myself. So <clears throat> I still sound a little gravelly and I still have to clear my throat every 10 seconds. And I apologize for that. But I'm breathing. I'm alive. I'm resting. I'm sleeping again and um, thrilled to be here with you guys. We're going to be live for the next hour talking about autism from a 360 degree perspective. We welcome you as part of the conversation. We're live right now on Facebook, on YouTube, on Twitter, and about a dozen other sites that uh, eventually here, Traven will get around to showing you all the different places that we are live and that we podcast. Those of you who listen or watch us in podcasts, good morning, Michelle. How are you? You know that uh, we have been doing this show now for 12 years, which is pretty impressive, uh, even to my standards. That's, I'm like, wow, that's incredible. I've never done anything for 12 years, except be married. I've been married for 20 years now. Um, but anyway, um, we've been doing this for a while, and there is a library of videos. So we have a couple of different places where we are, and Traven is starting to show you the different things. Um, you can go to our YouTube channel. It's just YouTube slash Autism Live. And you can look at all of the past videos, you can search them, you can watch and see the, you know, whatever the program is, see the people, or you can just listen. And a lot of you have said to us, you'd prefer to just listen, it's easier, because you can take us on a walk, you can take us in the car, it, you know, uh, it's, a, it's a great way to spend the time. Good morning, Mayteb. Hi, how are you? Um, so we made a little decision in the summer that we decided to go strictly uh, to audio on, on the podcast platforms. And you guys gave us a resounding thumbs up with that. If there's anybody out there who's missing it, make sure that you let me know. And I want to say you can always reach out to me specifically at Shannon at autism live.com. I'm that's where you find me, but Trayvon is showing you on the screen that we are on iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, you know, we're on Facebook, live we're on youtube and twitter and all those places and um anywhere you get your podcasts really you can download and it's a free download that's really important for us there we he's showing you right now on the screen apple podcast we do want to encourage you though that we think it's a really good place to go to subscribe to our feed on youtube and let me tell you why um first of all that helps us to get to more people I'm not going to lie, there is, there is a benefit to us. It helps us to get to more people. The more people we have subscribing, there are tiers at YouTube, and we're in a pretty good tier, but we, you know, we could be in a higher tier, and that would afford us more privileges to send you guys things. But for, uh, that's what it does for us. Let me tell you what it does for you. For you, it means that when we have a big video that we think is something really cool, we'll send you a notification and then what will happen is about once a week, you'll get a notification and you don't have to attend to all of them, but you know how it is when you're looking for something and you're like, how do I get there? It makes it super easy. We're in your email and you can find, and then that leads to the other videos. Um, so and you don't want to miss something like when we have Temple Grandin on, or if there's a really hot topic that we think is really useful to you, we will uh, send that off to you so that you have the direct link to that video. Um, so 
Michelle says, your YouTube doesn't have volume. I watch both uh, Facebook and YouTube. Are you saying that the actual audio level is too low for you on YouTube, Michelle? Because that's something I would want to know if that's the truth. And is anybody else experiencing that too, where the volume is low on YouTube? Write in and tell us if that is the case. Thank you, Michelle. You know, I know people get worried about saying something that, good morning, Susie. Uh, people get worried about saying something that is that is a negative. Please, you know, we're here doing the show because we want you guys to get the information. And if there's something that's impeding that, we want to know. Uh, that's really super important to us. Okay, so I always like to uh, remind everybody when we start the show that this is a show about autism. And we like here on the Autism Network, because Autism Live is part of the Autism Network, we believe that this community is a big community that starts the, the beating heart, the center of this community are people who are on the spectrum. That, you know, they are, they're our why, they're why we do everything. Um, but we also include in that community uh, with them, when we talk about the autism community, there's the people on the spectrum and the people who love them. Those are the people around them, and that that entire sphere um, is what we want to talk to, the, and, and what we want to allow space for, for people in that community to talk about what's important to them as well, including individuals who are on the autism spectrum. I do not, uh, I am not on the spectrum. I do not identify as being neurodiverse. I have sensory issues, but not enough to qualify me for any kind of a diagnosis. Um, I have great empathy. Michelle is saying, I've got my volume on at 24, but no sound. And, um, and thank you. You said you're welcome, and thank you. So we're going to have our, our people check that out and see what the disconnect is there, Michelle. And hopefully we can rectify that. But yes, thank you for letting us know. And can anybody else tell me if they're having the same issue on YouTube? Um, or if, if other, if, can you tell me if you actually have sound on YouTube? That would be helpful to me. Okay. Um, so anyway, we, we want to speak to that larger autism community and help because we believe that together we, we get there, right? That if eventually I want to strive for that to be the world people on the spectrum and the people who love them. And if everybody in the world fits in that category, I think we'll be doing good. Um, it does mean for those of us who want to be good allies, it's a learning curve. And I always want to say, I don't, May says she has sound on YouTube, Michelle. Um, I, sometimes on my settings, you have to click the little mute button on YouTube. Can you try that for me? Aisha says she has sound too. So I know that sometimes when I'm watching on Facebook, it automatically gives me sound. And on YouTube, I have to click the little, you know, the thing that allows me to have sound. Can you try that for me, Michelle? We, si se puede. We do this together. We can do it. Um, Okay. But so anyway, um, being an ally, I don't get it right all the time. I like to remind everybody I don't get it right all the time. And my son reminds me on a regular basis that I don't get it right all the time. But not just my son. I have many friends that are neurodiverse or on the spectrum. And, and you know, I have said to them, quite frankly, please tell me when I say something that's ableist. Please tell me when I say something that it, that where I've missed the boat and have not found the way so that I can learn and get better. And I think that I have progressed in the 12 years. Every, the great thing about having a library is that everything is there. And every once in a while, somebody will send me a video and say, you know, 12 years ago, you said this. Not denying it. Not denying it. But I'm also not denying that hopefully I have grown 
uh, over the years and I've learned things and that I will continue to learn and grow. And I hope that that's the mood that you guys are in too, that we want to be good allies. We want to help the people that we love that are on the spectrum to do the things that they want to do and that we all want to grow together on this planet of brotherly love, right? Uh, To that end, I want to say that this morning on my drive-in, I was horrified and appalled that um, there's some things that are going on here in Los Angeles this morning that I can't even wrap my head around. And I'm saying to anyone that is out there, uh, all of my friends that are, and, and family that are Jewish, Uh, I just want to say to you, I'm horrified, I'm mortified, and please know that that is not how we all feel. And, And that some of us are sickened, many of us are sickened by what we're seeing this morning in Los Angeles. Um, and that I am sending you all love. Okay. Susie B says, Shannon, do you have an episode on skills? I would like to purchase it, but I'm afraid of not being able to navigate through it. So Susie, let me tell you, we did lots of shows on skills early on. And especially if you look at, um, you can search skills um, on YouTube, and you can also search Dr. Nadowski, and that's spelled N-A-D-J-O-W-S-K-I. We also did a lot of shows with uh, Evelyn Gould, who's now Dr. Gould. Uh, at the time, she was not. Um, and then I did shows that were just on skills. But here's the other thing. I, you know, I'm not as familiar with skills uh, as I used to be. Um, but I know enough about skills and how it works, uh, because as a parent, I have not been using it in the last couple of years, um, because we haven't needed it, just being honest with you. But I love to go through skills with parents, and they will give you a free tutorial where somebody will get on the phone with you, but I also will, if you, if you're interested in, and I don't know if they're still doing a 14-day free trial or not, but... If you're at all interested, I would say it's sort of like that um, Ancestry.com. I always say to people, oh, what a great fun thing that is. But make sure that you have a little time for the first month that you're going to do Ancestry.com, that you have some time set aside. And uh, it's not, you know, not when you're super, super busy. But uh, what a fun time to go through it. And I feel the same way about skills. Skills to me was like going to a shopping mall and saying, what do I want my son to learn and what have we already learned and where are we, all those things. So I'm always excited to walk people through skills if you need it down the road, Susie. Um, Okay, Michelle says her sound is working. We have accomplished much. Yay, cue the angels. Okay, so um, for those of you who are like, what is skills? Skills is an online tool that is for um, skill building But it's sort of a comprehensive tool that it really, there is the potential for it to do absolutely everything that you need except, uh, you know, you have to actually do the action with the child. But it's a record-keeping place. It's a place to do an assessment to see what would be ideal to teach. It's a place to create IEP goals. It's a place to look at challenging behavior and figure out what the the probable function of the behavior is. It's a place to invent uh, and create a behavior intervention plan, and they give you really good guidance on that that's based on science. Um, And it's a place where it gives you the actual step-by-step lessons of what to teach so that if you were to put in and say, you know, I want my child to learn how to toilet, 
It will, uh, after you answer some basic questions about how old your child is, so on and so forth. And when you do skills, my, my one advice in the beginning, a lot of times as, as autism parents, we're a little paranoid when somebody asks us for information about our child, like their birth uh, date and things like that, and we kind of fudge that. Don't fudge, like if you want to make the date four days before, four days after, but don't fudge it by more than a couple of days because it bases the lessons on your child's age. Because think about it, there's over 4,000 in the basic skills. I think it's probably 6,000 now. But there's all these lessons to teach skills, but some of them aren't age appropriate. You know, like for instance, we wouldn't expect um, a three-year-old to be able to problem solve a difficult problem, right? A simple one maybe, but not a difficult one. So you don't, I've seen people, and it's really hard later on with the software to change the date. Put the right date in. Okay, I know Traven's reminding me that I have something uh, that I want to talk about today. Because today we're going to be talking about happy holidays with ASD and having it be less stressful. Uh, I'm going to get to that. But Stacy's written in and said, I'm a mom with ADHD. Bless you, bless you. I have a child on the spectrum. It seems like at first we found out she had a split chromosome. The original reason for us to trying to find out what was wrong was because she was having tantrums and just stopped talking. Okay, I'm sending you a hug. She did not want to be around anyone but me. She was so very withdrawn. She would only eat a few things, always gagging. We went to a genetic doctor. She took some time with us and my daughter, and the doctor said that the situation is autism, um, that our daughter's situation has nothing to do with her split chromosome. We continue to see the genetic doctor to talk about uh, our other daughter and do some tests to see how autism came into my daughter's life. Our daughter is doing very well. I was wondering if I should continue having our doctor see the genetic doctor. Well, listen, let's look at it this way. If I said to you, I have, uh, you know, a mole on my back that I'm not sure about whether it's, you know, whether it's benign or could it be cancerous or whatever, and I'm having a cough. Right. And if I, you know, went to the doctor who said these two things are not related, they still exist. Right. And I don't know what the split chromosome is with your daughter. And I don't know what effect that may have on her. But the doctor has been very clear that that doesn't have to do with the autism. So now you sort of separate them out and say, okay, I'm going to treat the autism, but I'm also going to keep looking at the chromosome. And the whole reason why we like to know about chromosomes is that sometimes it helps us to see around corners. That um, if there's a chromosome uh, difference, a split chromosome or a deletion or something of that nature, sometimes we know now, well, that might mean later on that we need to screen for this, or this medicine might need to be started at this age because whatever. So they're, they're, they are mutually exclusive, right? Um, so if the genetic doctor thinks that there is still reason to look at that split chromosome issue, then I would say absolutely you want to know what your look around that corner because you're gonna you're gonna know from past people's experience with that split chromosome that maybe, you know, and sometimes it's not catastrophic horrible. Sometimes it's oh well some of these kids maybe they start their period later or they start it earlier or that they will be more likely to you know have bronchial infections which means you're going to be more careful about that right so i say that getting the genetic information you're already halfway there find out the rest of it but 
it's time to start treating the autism. It's time to make sure that your daughter who is withdrawn and who's ha- when she's having those tantrums, she's telling you, I have needs. And the only way I can get my needs met is to tantrum. So the first thing that anybody's going to want to do is help her to be able to communicate to you what she needs without having to tantrum. Because she is a person and she does have needs and we need to honor that. And if we don't honor that, if we aren't able to, you know, teach her ways to communicate and teach ourselves way to listen, then she's going to continue to have tantrums. Because if that's the only way to get your needs met, that's what all of us do. That's not something that she's gotten wrong. And by the way, I want to say that tantrums are not a symptom of autism. Tantrums are a symptom of not being able to communicate. And a a communication deficit is a symptom of autism, but as soon as the communication deficit is shored up, the tantrums go away. It is not a, well, it must happen because she has autism. So what you want is functional communication. I'm a big fan of ABA. Not everybody is. But good ABA will teach your daughter ways to communicate to get her needs met. Sarah says, hi, Shannon, my boys have started school two days a week. I'm not happy with this new trend of free play at schools. My boys are three, and they need structure and good uh, role model peers. Well, I don't know exactly um, how long the free play is happening, but um, I will say this to you, Sarah, that at some point... um, at some point, you want your, ch- your children, your boys, to do free play. And that there's a way around this, right? That, and I hear you, because one of the reasons why free play is really like, uh, because if they don't know what to do with that time, then it becomes a time where frustration will build, they will, you know, and, and it will affect the rest of the day. But what I would suggest, because I happen to know that you get a lot of good ABA, is um, the things that they add into their program at home is free play. It's now free play, and what are we going to do with free play? And that they teach them. There's a in skills. There is a lesson that I wish I could remember what the name of it is. It's like play centers. Play. It'll come to me at two o'clock in the morning. But um, what we do is we teach kids. Okay, so you know I, I'm going to be here, and f- first we teach them, you know, how to play on your own. Um, Or if there's another child that we have access to, we teach them how for the two of them to play on their own, right? And then uh, what we will do is, and we do this before any kids go to kindergarten, because kindergarten you have to move from center to center and you have to transition. So you're killing two birds, well, a lot of birds with one stone, right? So maybe we have a little play kitchen set up and we say, okay, and we make a visual schedule and say, first we're going to play in the kitchen. And they've already been taught different, like five different ways that you can play in the play kitchen. Um, And then we're going to ring the bell. And then when we ring the bell, we want you to switch and play with the Legos, right? And then we're going to ring a bell and then there's paper and markers and we want you to draw something and we're going to ring a bell. So we're teaching them how to transition from the whatever. Then eventually what we do is say, okay, there are the toy centers. Which one would you like to do first, right? And we make the schedule with them making the choices. You can start there too if the child understands choices, um, right? 
But so they get in the habit of here's what I want to play and here's how I'd like to play it. We don't just throw them on the playground and go, okay, go play, because our kids literally they're like, I don't, I don't know what to do with that, and and then they get bored and frustrated and they can't communicate. I don't know what to do, and so then the bad things happen. But you can be teaching that at home, and so that then and you can even put a thing in their pocket that says during free play I'm gonna you know play. This with this child, and and then and I'm going to go ask them. You can help them, but eventually, what we want to get to, and even now, we want them to choose. What am I going to do during? But we give them choices so that it's not this open-ended. You got to create it all on your own kind of thing. But eventually, we do want them to create it all on their own. And I'll tell you why this is important. And a lot of people miss this because they're so busy teaching a skill, teaching a skill, teaching a skill, and forgetting that leisure skills and how to use your time the way that makes you happy and centered and and all those things super duper important, right? We see a lot of 15 year olds that don't know how to entertain themselves and don't know what to do with leisure time. And we're actually going to get into that with the holiday thing because for a lot of our for us and our kids, when the we, we complain about the rat race, I'm on the treadmill, constantly got to do things. But when it ends, which often happens during the holidays, we don't know what to do. And the anxiety builds and then we get into behaviors, us or them, and things go off the rails. Um, And Sarah, I don't think you should move uh, to a different school if you like everything but the free play. Let's just teach them. um, Let's teach them. Or is the whole day free play? It should only be a part of the day. Um, otherwise, I would be looking at something else. Um, and Probeer says, ma'am, how to treat an autism child with love and with caring and with listening. Um, but it's super important that they get the opportunity to learn how to communicate with us just while we're like we're learning how to communicate with them. So that's called functional communication. And um, I, I personally think ABA is the best at doing that, but it has to be good ABA done by people who really know what they're doing, um, which is not easy to find these days, but it's there. Um, Stacy said she's been in ABA for three years. She has graduated from ABA and we're going to continue getting her um, into Greece where she graduated from ABA. Fabulous. And Stacy says, we love ABA and it helps so much. Boy, it did for us too. It was really the ticket for us. But we did a show the other day um, that uh, was about intensity and how important it is to do intensity. But Stacy, I'm thrilled that she got good ABA and that she's doing well. That's wonderful. Um, fantastic. Okay. So we're going to, um, jump in here and we're going to talk about the holidays. And I know it's, I, I, people are uh, like starting to lose their minds. It's the week before Halloween is literally a week from today. And people are like, what happened? And, you know, and and there's lots of different holidays and I I don't want to presume because everybody, uh, celebrates different holidays and that's okay. But here's what I, and, and what I tried to do in this PowerPoint is uh, I love, HBO used to do this series where they would, it started with Goodnight Moon, and I don't know if they still play these, but basically a filmmaker took the book Goodnight Moon, took Susan Sarandon, and she narrates it, and she has a lovely speaking voice, but then they would go and they would interview kids, little kids, about what it's like to go to sleep, what are the fears, and then there are little cartoons in between 
about sleep and about rest, and it's really a lovely show if you can find it. Then, um, because it was so great and my child watched it endlessly, then they decided that they would do it about other topics, and one of the ones that they did was on the holidays. And in it, because kids say the most amazing things, they really do, and, and you know, there are kids who talk about uh, Ramadan and Diwali, and um, they talk about Christmas and they talk about Hanukkah. And there's one little kid who says, well, if you think about it, the one thing that all the holidays have in, in common is that there is a story about light. So no matter what, and that just gives me goosebumps, that there's a story about light. Um, in each one of these uh, stories, it's woven throughout it. So uh, that's what I try to do is include light in this PowerPoint so that we're not being exclusive. Um, it's whatever holidays you celebrate. But the other thing that the holidays have in common is that what we do normally changes. It's a, it's a, a social change up. So we go through our everyday and we put on our clothes and we, we go about our day and we go to school and we go to work and, and we do all this stuff and we don't talk to strangers. This is what kids know. And then all of a sudden on Halloween, we're going to go up to people's houses dressed as other people. They're all going to be dressed as other people. We're going to say words and then they're going to give us stuff. Because if you tried to behave the way Halloween is two days after Halloween, People are going to get angry at you, right? The rules go out the window and, and we do things in a different way. It's very confusing for kids, all kids. But some kids learn very quickly and key into it and go, oh, it's a holiday. The rules don't apply and I get to do X, Y, and Z and they start to love the holidays. But for our kids on the spectrum, sometimes it's, it's just, I don't understand it and they don't get past that mode. And for you as, as a parent, and this is a parent to parent talk today, um, as a parent, you know, sometimes it feels like all of the things that were making the wheels on the bus go round got canceled and everybody else seems so happy about it. And you're like, I, 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 I literally don't know how to get through the day because I don't have the support that I had yesterday. And we're calling that a holiday. So, um, I've put together a PowerPoint about, um, how we as parents of people, um, on the autism spectrum can still participate in a holiday, have it feel like a holiday, have our kids enjoy it, and maybe do that with less stress. That's really the goal here because we don't need more stress. And so I put this into a little um, thing that we could remember. No, I got to go the other way. I'm, I'm, there we go. So prep. Because a lot of this is preparation, right? But I'm calling prep prioritize, relax, edit, and plan. Now I know it seems like plan can't be a part of editing and relaxing can't be a part of prioritizing, but we're going to talk through this uh, really quickly. And then I'd love to hear from you guys about what you, what you think about all this. And this applies to all of the holidays, right? So I'm going to take different examples for different holidays for different things. So under prioritize, I really want us all to ask the question, what makes it the holiday for you? Like, what is the non-negotiable thing that it's like, if I don't have that, it's not going to feel, excuse me, like the holiday to you. Like, what is it? And it's different for everybody. This is not a one size fits all. For me, 
Um, you know, part of it is the decor. Less and less, it's the food. Um, but it used to be that the food, like if we didn't, ha- you know, I, I remember a time when if we didn't have a turkey for Thanksgiving, it was like, well, it's not Thanksgiving, right? Now I don't so much feel that way, but I still make a turkey. But if we didn't have a turkey, I, I would totally survive it. But there are years past where I would have been like, well, it's not really Thanksgiving then. And I don't want you to judge it. Whatever it makes it the holiday for you, I mean, don't judge it. That's, that's what makes it the holiday for you. It's not wrong. There's no wrong answer, right? And you might find that when you really get down to it and go, well, you know what really makes it the holiday for me? And then you might feel embarrassed about it. Um, don't. This is a personal thing. And holidays are supposed to be about joy and light. And if it was about joy and light for you, what would it be? There are certain traditions that I really like around the holidays. Um, there are, I love to watch the Hallmark Christmas movies. Oh, stop. I, and I like to watch all of them. Not just one, not just catch up on them occasionally. I like to watch all of them. I keep a checklist. That feels like the holidays to me. But... Um, But if I couldn't do it, I would survive it. What makes it feel like the holiday to me is slowing things down and getting some time to spend with other people where there isn't agenda. Now, that got a little bit kerfuffled in COVID, but I found that I could do it. We had Zoom get-togethers with friends, and we got together and sang karaoke um, because that was what made it feel holiday to you. There's a certain amount of decor that makes it feel holiday to me because I'm really prone to that Hallmark Christmas movie thing. Um, but I learned early on, you know, when, when I had my son, I was all about, I want to, you know, it was that whole perfect scenario of, you know, I've got the baby, I've got the husband, and I, w- I want to, like, listen to Christmas music sitting at the Christmas tree and holding my baby. Because I used to do that with other people's babies, babysitting for them. And I always thought, someday I'm going to be a grown-up lady, I'm going to have my baby, we're going to sit, and I'm going to be, you know, rubbing my baby's back while they sleep, and with the Christmas tree and Christmas music, and that was what I thought the holiday was going to look like. And then I had a baby that was terror, you know, he was terrified of the Christmas tree or he wanted to pull it down and, you know, broke all the ornaments on the Christmas tree, pulling it down a million times. And I cried and I thought, I'm not going to get to have a Christmas tree. And somebody said to me, well, don't be ridiculous. This is only a couple of years of your life with your child. Go buy some, go to Kmart and buy some plastic Christmas ornaments. And we did. And so for, there were like two or three Christmas Christmases where I didn't unpack the really pretty Christmas ornaments I have. I, you know, have these plastic ones that are shatterproof. And my son pulled the Christmas tree down, you know, like two or three times during the season. And I was able to just put it back up and life went on. But I had to get to the point where I realized, okay... I really like to have the Christmas tree and I like to have it decorated because the other choice was to like have the Christmas tree and not have ornaments on it. And that didn't feel like holiday to me. And I know I could have just sucked it up and gotten over it, but I don't think that's what the holidays are about. So I think it's important to ask yourself, what makes it holiday for you and how can you do that? But we're going to talk a little bit more about making sure that it's just the that that you're doing. But then the next question I think, oh, May, I'm glad you like the Hallmark movies too. I'm a little bit of an addict. 
Uh, you have to write and tell me what your favorite one is. Um, okay, so my second question, which is as important to me as a parent, is what part of the holiday can your child enjoy? And I, I have to say, uh, I'm going to get, get Gabrielle Kaplan-Meyer, I think her name is, who's got a cookbook out. She came on my radio show many, many, many years ago and talked about, for her, that the holidays were about teaching her children about the food around the holidays and that, you know, and she had a child that I don't know if they had autism or, but they had unique needs and unique challenges. And she talked about going into the kitchen and giving, having a mortar and a pestle and having them grind the spices. I was like, you grind your own spices? But she talked about how pleasurable that was for her son because there was like, you know, there, there's this motion and pushing and he could see what he was accomplishing and the smells of it. And that that became their holiday tradition together, that he would come in the kitchen and she would be preparing all these things, but he would be grinding the spices for her. I still love that story. And I was like, oh, you know, maybe your child can't do the whole rolling out of the dough, but maybe they can push down on the cookie cutter. Or maybe they can, you know, while you're mixing things up, they can pour the already measured sugar in. Or maybe they're at the point where they can measure the sugar. But I think the point is... Asking yourself, what what part of the holiday can they enjoy? And embrace the hey, nani, nani out of that. Because what we don't want is this mismatched thing of that you want this. Because we know your Aunt Martha wants this big sit-down dinner where everybody sits down and they're at dinner for four hours. And your child's not going to be able to do that, right? Well, we're going to say, you know, Aunt Martha's wishes really aren't going to take precedent this holiday season. Maybe they will down the road, but not this holiday season. But I really want to know what makes it holiday for you and then what makes it holiday for your child. And if the answer is your child can enjoy being at the table and sitting there for 10 minutes if they have a wind-up toy, then give them a wind-up toy. You know what I'm saying? Because if they're not enjoying the holiday, they're not going to be interested in holidays down the road. And I think it's incumbent upon us to make sure that they're enjoying it. Um, Some kids don't like to unwrap a present, right? Some of our kids on the spectrum, that is just like, ooh, it's a lot of noise and whatever. But some of our kids love pulling the tissue paper out of the, out of the bags. Uh, and, you know, I mean, so great. Then what part can they enjoy? And are we making sure that we include that as part of the, the, the new holiday tradition? Um, and then what's not just taking into account what you want and what your child on the spectrum wants, but what does the rest of the family want? Because we can't, like if, if you know, little Joey is the older brother of Melinda who's on the spectrum and, and what's really important to Joey is that we wake up at four o'clock in the morning and open presents and we really, it's not holiday to him unless we open the presents at four o'clock in the morning but Melinda can't hang for that, then then we have to figure out how can we make sure that Joey doesn't get shortchanged while not torturing Melinda. And it might mean that, you know, 
Melinda gets to, you know, get up and be included in the family, but she doesn't have to open any presents. She can be in her, her snuggy bathrobe uh, on the couch and sleep through part of it, but Joey gets to get up at 4 o'clock and open his presents. And maybe we need to give Melinda noise-canceling headphones while Joey's doing that, but we don't just say to Joey, you don't get it. And we don't say to Mel- Melinda or Melissa, I don't remember what name I said, we don't say, and you're forced to be tortured through it. We, we find the way... And I think that that's really, uh, oh, Liliana loves the Hallmark movies too. Uh, we're, we're all of a feather, uh, us and our tribe. Uh, but what I ask, what is your favorite one? So there we go. Uh, you know they're already starting playing them now. It's happened. We've switched over to Christmas movies. It's so exciting. Um, but anyway, so, um, and then the bigger question that I want you to think about is what's within your control and what isn't? It really is the serenity prayer. Grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Thinking to yourself that saying to Joey, Joey, you're just going to have to get over it and you can't open your presents at 4 o'clock, that's within your control to make happen. It really is, right? Maybe. I, I don't know what your circumstances are, but... Um, but changing Joey's mind about what makes holidays, that is not within your control. It isn't. And changing Melinda's sensory sensitivity to the sound of the unwrapping, that is not within your control either. But you can mitigate it. That is within your control. And you can think about empathetically, what am I asking her to put up with and how can I make that better and make her feel included and part of the family and make it happy and joyous for her while she's doing it. I think that's the spirit of the holidays. Um, Okay, so this is the prioritize. So this is literally just thinking about it in your head and sort of taking a, a preference assessment for yourself, for your child or children on the spectrum and for everybody else in the family. So I know, you know, I've said to my husband, what's the one thing that makes it feel like it's the holidays to you? And it is watching a movie that I just can't bear right? And yet we do. Every holiday season, uh, you know, I make some sort of a wonderful, cozy situation happening and my son and I sit there and watch this horrible, redonkulous movie with my husband. Because that's what makes it feel like holidays to him. And you've got to include everybody in this, right? And I try to suck it up and not let him know. I hope he's not watching right now. Uh, <laughs> anyway, edit. Edit is the key to a happy, joyous holiday. Uh, by the way, my husband like looks at the Hallmark movies and he's like, I don't get it. It's, it's so formulaic and now they're going to go and they're going to have a snowball fight. Why is this exciting for you? And then during COVID, he was forced to watch some of them with me and he got misty and he was like, oh my gosh, you know, is he the Santa character? He kind of got into it. Okay. Um... Okay. Uh, oh, you like a very merry mix-up with the redhead. Okay. Okay. So can I tell you my favorite one? It's one of the worst ones. It's one of the worst ones. Uh, it's coming on this week, too. Good morning, uh, Anatha from uh, India. So thrilled to have you here. It's called Holiday Date, and it's so bad that I love to just sit and laugh at it, but it's really, it has the best Hallmark kiss in it, hands down. Uh, okay. So, but editing, um, that anything that wasn't on the priority list, you really need to put it to the side. Now, know that when you put things to the side, you can take them back, but 
you know, they can stay over there too and life will go on. We used to, every year, they have a, a Christmas train here that there's one night in between, you know, Halloween and December where the Christmas train rolls into the train station that's closest to you guys and they do this little, you know, dance number on the train and, and whatever. And I thought it was a big deal and we would do it with another family and their kids were getting older. And then we got to a holiday season where I was making the list and asking everybody what's important to you and the holiday train wasn't on the list it just wasn't everybody was like you know it's a good time it's not that we hate it but it's not a priority so we moved it to the side and we haven't been to it since uh and now you know my son's a little too old for it but you know uh, later on we might take it back you know what i'm saying but life went on we had many happy christmases without the christmas train you know what i'm saying it's not that it's bad it's just not the priority um and then this is a hard one for people but make it a one and done rule for the day too often, and and I really want to say this with Halloween, and you got a week before Halloween right now, and there's everything under the sun. Every single day, there's something. You could go to the pumpkin patch today, and you could go to the Halloween store tomorrow, and you could have, you know, whatever the treat is that you want to have on Wednesday, and so on and so forth. But here's what doesn't work, trying to do it all in one day. That is a recipe for disaster. It's a sensory nightmare. Everybody gets tired. Everybody gets sugar overload. You know, it just isn't going to work. This is why I say, especially for Halloween, here's the perfect example. For me, when I thought about what was the most important thing for me for Halloween, it was that I I wanted my son to enjoy himself. And I personally wanted a picture of him in his costume so that I would have it to remember every year what he was each year. So new me, (laughs) you know, when I was just a newbie at this, would go, okay, so on Halloween night, let's all get together and we're going to take the pictures because I didn't get it. That that he was all revved and like, I don't understand what's happening and people are yelling and, and there's all this stuff. And now you're going to make me do the thing that is hardest for me, which is take a picture in the costume. And I don't want to wear my Spock ears, right? And I'm like, can I just get the picture, right? And I turn into that shrew of a mom. And what I learned was I want to be rehearsing the costume anyway, so we get the costume as early as possible. And hopefully you guys watched the show when I asked you to do that in September. If you didn't, forgive yourself. Life goes on, but get the costume today. Do not wait until the weekend to get the costume. First of all, they won't have the one that you want. You're going to be lucky if they have it now. But more importantly, you want to take it out of the bag or whatever it's in, and you want to put an element of it on your child today. And if your child is super sensory, don't put the whole thing on them today. Put a little piece of it on them today. But as soon as you get the whole thing on them, take a million and 18 pictures because you're probably not going to get one on Halloween night. I'm not saying don't try to take pictures on Halloween night, but don't be tied to I have to get a picture on Halloween night. If you're at all like me, it's not going to happen. You're going to get 
like a picture that's a blur of your child running out of the, the screen, right? But I have a picture of my child on almost every single Halloween. And what that meant was on Halloween night, it could purely be about him having fun. So when he took, we walked out the driveway. He was the cutest little Spock one year. And, you know, first one ear came off. And then by the time we got to the end of the driveway, the Spock ears, which I had had to find and pay for, were in the, the pumpkin bucket because he wasn't going to wear them. It wasn't part of him enjoying it. And then the belt came off and then the little... By the time we ended, he, you know, it was him in a T-shirt that was a blue T-shirt, and people had no idea who he was. Didn't matter. He was having a good time. And so I could just edit out of the scenario what everybody else thinks. It's just not on the priority list, right? But do it one thing at a time. Don't try to accomplish everything all at once. And I already said, do elements of the whole. So you put part of the costume on, and maybe you practice this week. Okay, you know, we're going to go trick-or-treating, and there's going to be a lot of people out here, but this is what we're going to do. We're going to walk up to doors and ask a neighbor, can we practice trick-or-treating at your house? And if you can't do that in your neighborhood, have somebody do it in your house where your child goes out of your house or you, you go to a closet in your house and, you know, they knock on the door and you open the door and if your child is able to say or sign trick-or-treat or hold up a card or whatever, um, you know, you do that. And you can do that with Thanksgiving that we can, we can start practicing with or whatever holiday meal it is that you guys are going to have practicing. Okay, we're going to do holiday meal now. And you practice, all right, you you know, doing some element, not the whole thing. So now we're going to, you know, we're doing holiday meal, which means we have a, uh, a fabric napkin. What do we do with the fabric napkin? And then tomorrow, you know, you do some other element of it. Like let's do toasting. My child loved the whole toasting thing, right? So that eventually when all the things go together, it's not a big surprise to them, right? Um, but definitely with the edit thing, practice less is more. If, if having fabric napkins is not an important part of the holiday, have the paper ones and let it go. Let it go. It doesn't have to be a Norman Rockwell to be the holiday if you're paying attention to what's important to you. Um, but especially on this one, keep an eye on the sensory overload for everyone, absolutely everyone. And that means for you too. I, um, I'm so excited because in April I'm doing, I'm, I'm doing a speaking engagement and the keynote speaker is John Lithgow. This is an autism conference and John Lithgow is the keynote speaker. And I'm like over the moon. I love John Lithgow. If you guys don't know, he's done so many things, but he's really well known for playing the dad on uh, third rock from the sun. And my favorite Third Rock from the Sun episode is the Thanksgiving episode because it's aliens who have come to Earth and they're trying to figure out what the human experience is so they're going to experience their first ever Thanksgiving. And by the time the day is over, everyone is so completely stressed out that they're screaming and yelling at each other and they and 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 the one girl, you know, the, the she's like, I don't understand. We've been trained to eat in the morning and eat at lunch. Why would you deliberately delay lunch so that we could extra feast and everybody's in this like sugar haze afterwards? It's not it doesn't set us up for success. 
And I laughed and I laughed and I laughed because that's the truth of it. So watch out for sensory overload or sensory deprivation, right? Um, I, you know, I, I, I used to go to a friend's house for Thanksgiving. They have a big, elaborate Thanksgivings. And there was one day that the husband literally, we almost called an ambulance because we thought he was having a heart attack. It was a panic attack. And it was brought on by the fact that he hadn't eaten all day. Because, and we were making him wait until 2.30 because that's what time dinner was scheduled. And, and I'm sorry, do not do that to your children. Do not do that to yourselves. You eat at noon. And then when it's time at, at two o'clock to sit down and eat, graze. Um, and don't care whether your children eat, but don't make them wait. Um, it's a recipe for disaster. And even people who aren't on the spectrum melt down. Um, uh, autism journey with Elijah. I'm glad that you're here too. Okay. So keep an eye on the sensory overload and be willing to call a halt. And, you know, um, there's a, there's an acronym for HALT too, which is if you're hungry, angry, lonely, or tired, stop everything. But I want to add to that if you're just being bombarded um, or having an absence of things that are sensory pleasurable, we can call a halt for ourselves and we certainly want to call, call a halt for anybody that we love, whether they're on the spectrum or not, but especially if they're on the spectrum, we want to key into what are the signs that we're starting to move at a fever pitch here and we're getting to sensory overload so that we can take it down 12 notches and just halt, right? So we're, that's when we want to relax. So this, I think, is so important. I was on the phone with somebody talking about this this morning, that we have to practice and model being present as a present. It is a present to ourselves, but it is also a present to our entire family and our friends. And if we want our kids on the spectrum to ever be present and just be enjoying what's happening around them without anxiety and other things, then we have to model the behavior. I know. Everybody take a breath because this is hard. And I don't do this perfectly ever, but I can practice it. I can practice it and I can model it for my son. And listen, one of the things I know about having a 19-year-old is that he'll he like hits me with my reality and truth on a regular basis that I'll say, you got to slow it down. And he's like, oh, really? Is that what you did, mom? I've watched you run around here and do 85 different things. I'm telling him because we both are still, you know, like trying to get fully healthy after COVID. And I'm like, you're doing too many things. He's like, oh, well, that's the pot calling the kettle black. Um, and he's not wrong. I need to practice and model all of these things, being present as a present. I love what Ted Lasso says. It's called the present for a reason, you all, um, because being present and being in the present is a gift, right? Uh, I can practice and model flexibility because with all the things with the holidays, and we're going to talk about planning in a minute, but successful planning is when you have a plan and it's a, a, a well-formed plan enough that you're willing to let go of it if something else happens. Right? So flexibility is, and other people in your life are not going to know how to do this, but you can have the grace to say, you know, the only way my child is going to sit at the dinner table is if he has a toy. And everybody's going to have their feelings about it, but let's all be flexible. Let's be inclusive. Let's, you know, say this is how he's going to enjoy it. 
get over it, right? Um, because it should be about enjoyment of each other and light. And if we're going to go towards the light, it means being inclusive. Uh, but how about practice? Well, I have in there schedule downtime. This is part of the one and done thing, that if we don't put in there time that is just downtime, um, and I know it's hard because a lot of our kids like structure. And so when I say downtime, people go, oh, no, 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 my kid can't handle that. I'm saying put it into the structure. And downtime can be watching a movie together, sitting down on the couch, everybody together, snuggly with a blanket, and that's downtime. Downtime can be you're on your iPad and I'm on my iPad, but we're under a blanket together and our toes are touching, right? That is still, that's downtime and and we can schedule it. And when our kids know, okay, for this amount of time, we're going to be watching a movie or this amount of time, we're going to, you know, we're going to play on iPads. That is still structure. And that's important structure to build in. It's really what we were talking about before, about that free play um, thing that we're, we're helping them to understand that there are parts of the day when we get to engage in leisure and that leisure should be pleasurable to us. Yeah. Um, okay. So, but we also have to practice and model self-care. We can't have this expectation that our kids are going to learn it someplace else. And I was saying to a person this morning, I am still not at the place where I can say self-care is important in and of itself and that I personally am worthy of it and I can stop everything and say, no, you guys, I'm going to go do self-care right now. I'm not capable of doing that yet. I'm striving towards it like the, you know, the place, the city on the hill. But what I am capable of doing now is saying I need to exhibit self-care because my son needs to see that self-care is important. I'll do it for that if that's my motive. So do it for whatever motive, but we do need to model that behavior for our kids. Okay, and then the last one is plan, and I put it last because I think it's important, but I also think it's, you know, you gotta be flexible with this. And one of the things that my mom taught me is that, you know, you can exhaust yourself for the holidays or you can take the easy route. (coughs) Excuse me, and the easy route means that you start now, today, for whatever holiday you're concerned about, you, you know, don't go to the store and get the Halloween candy for the trick-or-treaters on Sunday. <coughs> Excuse me. That's not going to be a good plan for you. Uh, if you don't have a million other things on your list today, go, if you have to go to the store anyway, and stock up on things. And if you know, I know that on Thanksgiving, I like to make my mother's corn uh, casserole dish. And we there's an organization that we have that gives it to people who are living on the streets. And it has like 12 ingredients. Well, I'm not going to go shop for that the week before Thanksgiving. Every time I go to the store, I get a couple more of the non-perishable elements so that by the time Thanksgiving comes, I just have to get the three things that are perishable, right? So you just sort of stock up. And in some cases, if your kids are on um, gluten-free diets, it means ordering stuff now. I am a member at, um, at Thrive, which is an online service, and I can order things, and it gets delivered to my house. I also order at this time of year from Breads from Anna so that I have pumpkin bread and banana bread, and I give those as gifts for, for Christmas. It's gluten-free, sweetened with honey, 
Uh, it's the most incredible thing on the face of the earth. It's breads from Anna. They don't give me a kickback. They should, uh, <laughs> but it's pretty fabulous. Um, Thrive is a membership, but I find that I save money on the things and they show up. There's a lot of things like certain breads that I order from them and spices that I order that are gluten-free and organic, and it just makes it easy for me. And I don't have to then go to the store and go, oh, they don't have the pumpkin pie spice that I want uh, because everybody else bought it, right? I also know that for my family, they love the Martinelli's organic uh, juices that are apple juice and it's bubbly though. So it, it's like sparkling wine, but it's fruit flavored. And I know that when I, whenever I go to Whole Foods or Sprouts that carries it now, I pick up a bottle of it so that by the time we get to a holiday, it's just there. I don't have to think about it. I, you know, I've got several bottles of it and it's no big deal. Uh, I, I personally like to plan ahead and take advantage of sales because uh, there were a lot of years where I just, that was the only way I could afford a toy is if I bought it on sale. And if I had, you know, let's say I had $40 to spend on toys for my son for Christmas. Um, and I, if I bought the toy, one toy at full price, it was going to be $40. But if I found it on sale, then I had room to buy one more toy. So I love Black Friday. I know people are so allergic to it, but I especially love it because it's online now. Uh, and I don't have to stand in any line. I don't have to wear a mask. I don't have to do anything. But they offer, like, amazing sales. You have to be discriminating because sometimes they will offer clothing and things that are really cheap quality and then you buy. Now, you can always return it. I'm not good at that. But especially for the toys, uh, start, I, you know, I, I was looking through, uh, I got the Target toy uh, catalog in the mail the other day and we're about to put out our, our toy guide here in a few days. And I was sort of comparing going, are any of our toys here and going to be on sale? Um, but I do think it's worthwhile to take advantage of sales. I also want to say that the biggest thing uh, now for us during Black Friday is if there's something, for instance, I needed a vacuum cleaner in the worst way, and vacuum cleaners are really expensive right now. And you can get them sometimes 60% off at Black Friday sales. And if you need a vacuum cleaner, it's a good way to go. But I really think that getting a calendar out and, and saying, okay, here. Here are all of the things that we know we have to do. So we know, you know, Hanukkah starts on this night, and we know that we we have plans to be with this family on the third night of Hanukkah, or we know that Aunt Betty always has a Christmas party, and that's on this night. And you put all those things on the calendar, and and really it's not your plan, but it's just a place from which you're going to edit and you're going to say, okay, we can only do one thing on a day, so which one thing are we going to do? And maybe the Christmas train, or your equivalent to the Christmas train, goes on the calendar. That doesn't mean we're going to do it. But we just, sometimes you're going to be like, hey, we have a day today and we don't have anything planned. What's going on? And if you've already plugged everything into the calendar, it's easy. You want to make sure that wherever you are, if you're traveling during the holidays, or if you're staying at home, or having other people, that you create one space that is a sensory safe zone for you and your child. It could be that it's a little blanket fort underneath the end table in your bedroom. 
um, but you create a place where if you need to, like, your, or if your child needs to go to have just some insulated downtime, that there's a place to go. It could be, you know, a bathroom that we're saying to everybody else in the family, hey, you know, don't pressure my child if they're in that bathroom to come out. And that's what the next one is about. Talk to key family and friends about how to support your family during this time. That might mean, and do it now, don't wait until the thing, right? Um, like if you're going trick-or-treating with other families uh, and and their big plan is to get together and have pizza before you go and your child isn't going to be able to hang with that, let them know. Say, I'd really love to be there for the pizza, but I know my child, once we arrive, he's going to want to go trick-or-treating, so what's the approximate time? Please excuse us from the pizza party. We'll be there to trick-or-treat and then be there at that time. But tell them why. Tell them, I'd love to be there with you, but this year we're really working on this, da-da-da-da. Aunt, Aunt Margaret wants to have the big four-hour uh, sit-down dinner, and so you say to her, Aunt Martha, we really want to honor and we really want to do this and we're working on this, but there's no way our child is going to be able to sit there for four hours. So here's what our plan is. We're not going to make him feel bad about that, but you know, Bill and I are going to take turns uh, and he might have to go in the other room and watch a cartoon, so we may not all be at the table at the same time. And if Aunt Martha can't hang with that, then you know what? That's on her. But a lot of times I think we get our feelings hurt because we haven't communicated this to our family members. They don't know. They have no idea what we need. And if you say, hey, I wanted to talk to you about what we're doing this year, about the holidays, and, and, and how we can all best support Becky. Um, or I know you've said you've been so helpful to me, and I know you're so supportive of me as a parent. So I want to bring you into the fold on what we're doing and make you aware of, and this is how you can really support me. Like, can you, and, and sometimes it's good to make them the policeman and say, I know people are going to comment on his food and it's a very tenuous thing and we really would, re- can I ask you to be in charge of if some, if you see somebody doing that, that you'll stop them? And it might be that she's the worst person at it, but if you put her as the policeman for it, <laughs> she won't do it and she'll stop you know, Uncle Herbert from doing it too. Give her a job. Uh, I always love to give busybodies a job, right? Um, But let people know. Don't have an expectation that they're just going to know. They don't. And it's really different for everybody. I wouldn't know how to support you and your family because you and your family are different than my family. So I would welcome knowing how to support you. And not everybody's going to be welcoming of it and you just have to know that they're having their own sensory experience of the holidays and they're having trouble with inflexibility and the best thing to do is model flexibility for them. Um, But practice, practice, practice those holiday elements with your children. Play pretend. Say, okay, you know, now we're going to play, you know, trick or treat or now we're going to play Hanukkah and we're going to, you know, practice spinning the dreidel, you know, whatever it is. But here's the last word on this, and I think this is super important, and I think this is where a lot of us get confused. Don't skimp on the therapies. Now, honestly, some of your therapies aren't going to be as much in session. Like the school ones, you're going to get to a day, and it's going to be over for like two or three weeks. Uh, Dribble glass. So... You know, don't be canceling before that because you're going to get to a point where you don't have it. So utilize everything that you can. But the thing that a lot of people get tripped up on is that, you know, you have ABA and it 
I remember what it feels like. When you have your schedule and it's built around your child's ABA and all you'd really like to do is just go to the mall and go shopping, is it too much to ask for? And, but you can't because you got therapy and maybe it's scheduled at home or you got to bring your child to the center or whatever it is. So two things here. Use it because when you don't use it, you lose it, right? And if you're dropping your child off at the center, drop your child off at the center and go take some time at the mall by yourself. Like take that, take advantage of that and say, I'm dropping him off and I'm going to the mall. Have your cell phone on in case they need you, but go do that thing for yourself. But if it's that it's really important for you to go to the, go, you know, and there, maybe your other child is singing and you want your child on the spectrum to go, then talk to your ABA provider and ask them for something called a community outing, which is, and you have to give them plenty of notice, but you say, we really, you know, because being there with my child would be kind of difficult because they don't really know and they might be sensory overload and I could use some help. So you let them know ahead of time and they arrange for the therapist to meet you at the mall. And then the therapist is with you and if your child starts to have a meltdown, the therapist is helping you work through it so that your child is able to do it the next year without the therapist, which is where we want to go anyway, right? But so many people cancel and say, we just want the freedom. We don't want to be tied to the schedule. And I will tell you that that day is going to come. A therapist is going to cancel or, you know, they're not going to do therapy. It's very, uh, you know, extenuating circumstances for people who have actual therapy on the holidays, right? You're going to get that free time. Don't give away the thing that helps you to enjoy that free time. Do all the therapies. I always say, I used to do videos all the time. Take your therapist with you. You're going to Aunt Martha's? Ask. Can somebody take, is a therapist available? And frequently on the actual holiday, they're not. But occasionally, occasionally. Um, And your insurance provider, if it's listed as a community outing, and if you tell them, here are the behaviors that we're dealing with, Therapy is not, ABA therapy is not just about having your child be able to behave at the center. It's about giving it, giving them legs and going out into the world and to do all the things that they want to be able to do in the world. And, and getting through a holiday setting, a holiday dinner, you know, I can write that program so that an insurance, uh, will fund it. Uh, and I'm sure that you're, your team can. They just have to be reminded sometimes. Don't be squeamish about reminding them. Don't skimp on the therapy. You are going to get a time when you're going to get less therapy over the holidays. It almost always happens. Sometimes it's unscheduled, but that's the ideal time to go back to that relaxed thing. Put on a Disney movie. Get a blanket out, sit on the couch with your child, make something fun to drink with them, spend that time with them. And it is downtime because you're watching the movie. You're not having to entertain them the whole time, but be there with them. Don't spend the whole time on your phone, mm-hmm. uh, right? Be there with your child. Okay. So I think that's it. Uh, I think that was the whole PowerPoint. Uh, but I hope that it helps you guys in any way to focus on what's important to you during the holidays and don't try to do it all. I know in the Hallmark movies, it's like, you know, depending on which channel you're watching, there's, well, we have to have this ice skating and we have to have the snowball fight and we have to have, you know, and there's all these different elements that have to be there. If that's really your list, make the list, do it on different days. 
even in the Hallmark movies, they do it on the different days. They don't try to do it all at the same time. Um, and May says, my daughter doesn't sit to eat when out on holidays, but it's okay with me. She'd rather snack and stand. And I love that, May, because if she's snacking and standing but with everyone and enjoying herself, then that's really the ticket, right? Um, we have these rigid ideas from our childhood or from our upbringing or from, you know, maybe watching too many Hallmark movies about what it needs to be. It doesn't need to be. It doesn't need to be at all. It can be whatever makes us happy and makes our child happy. Uh, and I think we're all people that when our child is happy, we're happy. Um, and uh, Liliana said, downtime self-care is good for my mental health. Amen. Guess what else it's good for, Liliana? It's good for your child's mental health. Because they see, oh, mom takes care of herself. I get to do that. When I grow up, I will take care of myself. So I'm going to practice it now. And that's really something we want. So I love you guys all. I hope that you're getting ready for fabulous holidays, which whatever you celebrate, and that they will be happy, joyous, relaxing time together filled with light holidays. We're going to be back tomorrow with Ask Dr. Doreen. Dr. Doreen will be here live and we're very excited about that. And uh, then we've got a whole wonderful, you're not going to want to miss Thursday because Thursday is Let's Talk Autism with Shannon and Nancy and it's our annual Halloween show. And I can't tell you who we're going to be, but it's going to be hilarious. So if you've ever watched, we usually blow it out for for Halloween. So uh, you're definitely not going to want to miss that. And we have great shows all this week. So I will see you guys tomorrow. Until then, give your kiddos a hug from me and one for you too. Bye-bye for now.